please note that in this episode, there are discussions of mental health throughout. We talk about anxiety and depression. Please take care while listening. And as always, enjoy the episode. Just a quick note before the episode begins, the PIP podcast is for entertainment purposes only. It is not a medical podcast and does not constitute medical advice. Always seek the advice of a doctor or health professional. Welcome to the PIP podcast, where we speak unapologetically about everything that affects people with uteruses. Funky poops, periods, chronic pain, you name it, PIP is here to talk about it all with plenty of laughs. So let's get Pippin. Hello, and welcome back to the PIP podcast. I'm your host, Veronica. I'm your other host, Amanda, trying not to laugh here. Why? (laughs) Well, because you told me we had to be serious. (laughs) Now I can't be serious. (laughs) Yeah, we were just talking about... um... Halloween candy. This. And I'm thinking about spooky skeleton hands reaching yes. for candy. Yeah, you got to take it out of the cauldron and spoon the candy into the kids' bags with your skeleton hands. What are you <laughs> being for Halloween? I'm always the same thing every year. Mm-hmm. I always dress like a witch every single year. And my broomstick. <laughs> I don't put a weird hat on though because like that's not real. But I dress are in you all black. A witch then. Yes. <laughs> and I put my tarot cards out and I get like the kids are like the the kids are always like, but like you're just a fake witch, right? And I'm just like, whatever helps you sleep at night. <laughs> That's what you do. I would love if my cat could sit outside with me because but she'd <laughs> actually probably like attack the kids so like she stays inside. She'd be like, <laughs> literally, literally. Be like it is a witch's house. <laughs> she sent her cat after me. <laughs> literally, she's a real witch. <laughs> But she gave us candy though. Yeah, good candy. Veronica too. is the good house. She I'm the good house. Chips and chocolate and candy. And candy. Mm-hmm. Yes. The I give trifecta. it all three. Yep. The flavor triangle. Yeah, you get salty, sweet, but two kinds of sweet. You get like fruity sweet and you get like chocolate sweet, like chocolate, salty, yeah. peanut sweet. Yeah. I have the whole shebang. My parents mm. gave out full chocolate bars, but Whoa. like, yeah, like flex, but like, <laughs> As a kid, my favorite houses were the houses that gave out chips. Num num nums because I love chips. Yeah. I did like the chips and a full chocolate bar. But then it's like, what if <laughs> I don't pop. like that chocolate bar? Okay, I had a pop house a pop house <laughs> on my street growing up. So we'd go there first, we'd get the pop, we'd run back home, drop the pop off, and then keep going. Yeah, because it was too heavy. <laughs> it was too heavy. But like, okay, here's my I'd be thing. drinking the cans of pop while I was walking and I'd just like so come happy. home, my teeth are a different color. <laughs> This is the problem, though, is I'm not that much of a chocolate girly. Like, there's very few chocolates that I like. Now, the chocolates I like, I love them. But, like, they're not necessarily the chocolates that you typically get in the full chocolate bar. Yeah. So, even if it's a chocolate bar I'm not crazy about, one, I'll trade it with my sisters for the ones that I did like. Or, like, a crunchy bar. Like, okay, it's mini. Who cares? I'll eat it. I'm not going to eat a full-size crunchy bar. That's disgusting. No, that shit, like, will stay in your teeth forever. No. Not Also, I, you know what just made me think of that? I've never had to experience cutting out chocolate bars in my <gasps> trick-or-treating years because I didn't have celiac. Well, I probably, I had celiac then, oh, but I just didn't know. God. I was blissfully unaware. Hey, that's <laughs> such a good point. all the chocolate bars. 
That's mm-hmm. a really good point because like now, like I have so many tummy problems and if I eat too much sugar, it can make me have like an endo flare pretty bad. Not as bad as it was before I like went on medication and stuff. But mm-hmm. when but I was like, like first diagnosed, <laughs> okay, when I was first diagnosed, my husband surprised me and we went on a trip to Miami for three days and we didn't tell a soul. We didn't tell a single fucking person. We just left. My parents to this day still don't know I went to Miami for three days. I don't. It's been too long now. It's been too many years. I just like will never tell them. Um, That's amazing. There was, there was no reason not to tell. I just was like, no one's gonna know. So we went to Miami for three days. So all I so all I could do was lay in the sun and just like not have to do anything. It was like mm-hmm. so nice, and it was so fucking hot. And it was like February. It was, but it was hot in Miami, and mm. our. I was like laying on the beach. I was so swollen because I had like gotten diagnosed like literally like days before. Like this was, he was like, I got a diagnosis and he's like, let's go away for three days. And so they came around the pool and they were like giving out like popsicles because it was hot and it's like Miami party. So I ate a popsicle and within minutes, I thought I was going to die. Oh, I was even more swollen. I was in so much pain because of the sugar. And I was like, well, so <laughs> Again, I'm not much of a – I'm a salt girl. I love savory. Yeah. I'm not a sweet girly. My sisters savory. are. Oh, my God. My one sister is so bad. If she sees a chocolate bar, if she sees a dessert, she sees just fucking sugar, done. Absolutely done. She's going to eat it all. She loves it. Her children are the same. <laughs> I'm like, if you give me a bag of chips or a bag of popcorn, as as an adult, now it's popcorn. It's not so much chips anymore. Oh, yeah. But, like, as a kid, for – um. Easter my two sisters would get chocolate from the Easter bunny and I would get a bag of sweet chili heat Doritos because <laughs> I wouldn't eat the chocolate so I always got chips so like you know hey, I feel way. like as a kid also like yeah like even being as like a teenager and stuff when we'd still like eat the candy or we'd take like the younger siblings out and like have some of it yeah I never had to cut anything out but I also wonder if it's just because I don't I never liked it as much that I was never eating it in like the quantities. Yeah. I wonder how all these people with like sweet tooth, like people like your sister or like oh, me. She died. Too, sister- I have a sweet tooth. Mm. Yeah. Mm. I sugar does not make me feel very great. And no. I definitely don't like it as much as I used to. Cause I think, yeah, just like it hurts my up. teeth. Mm-hmm. A lot of, a lot of, I'm definitely more of a stuff. popcorn fan. Like, Ugh. I always upgrade me. to a large when I'm at Fuck. the theater. And I'm like, candy, I'll have a couple of bites. but Yeah, popcorn, I'll have one or two, but bag. I can actually, like, stop myself with candy and popcorn chocolate. Because I'm just like, no. <laughs> popcorn? Just ugh. No, I'm going to eat the whole fucking bag. You ever see people that just, like, grab a piece at a time and you're like, that's some willpower. No, I shove handfuls in my mouth and I don't even let myself swallow <laughs> before I shove the next handful of popcorn into Why my mouth. Why would you? What's it's, the point? Like, There's just, no need I for want swallowing. To, just I want to in. shovel it. I want to shovel salt. I wish I had my skeleton hands. I just, oh my God. One time, like, I love popcorn so much that, like, I always have popcorn bags in my house. And I don't have it every day. Like, here's the thing, too, is like, I can go months and not eat it. Mm-hmm. But the second I get the smallest hankering for popcorn, I'm going to eat the whole fucking bag. So, like, one time I remember this. My husband did the groceries, which is rare. I, I love going grocery shopping. I'm a I'm a grocery store purist. I, I like to go by myself. I don't want anyone to come with me. I like to take my time. 
I like to yeah. buy random things that like, you know, pique my interest while I'm there. I also do don't what? want anybody to like, I don't want to feel bad when I have to like recircle an aisle. Cause like sometimes I right. daydream when I'm walking. So. I walk in a fucking corn maze. Like it's yeah, a jig like, bag. <laughs> like there's no logical sense to it. No. And when he goes with me, he's like, we have a list and we can't deviate from the list. And I'm just like, why are you going that way? <laughs> like what? I want to see what piques my interest yeah. and buy it. I haven't been over the free natural food section in a while. I want to see if there's anything new. Right. So he (laughs) went sweet treat. I haven't tried before. Oh, new flavor of chips. Maybe I want to not. Maybe I want to try it. You know, Mm -hmm. the hard bites are really good in the the health food aisle, and it's oh yeah, the hard bite chips. Those are are good. Mm -hmm. They're pretty good. But this one time, I don't remember why he went, and he's like, "I got you popcorn because it was on the list." I was like, "Get me popcorn." He bought me the mini bags, the mini oh, microwave. No. I was like, what the fuck is this bullshit? And he's like, well, like I never eat it or I have like one handful. Like it's very rare that he'll eat more than like five fucking kernels. The so popcorn's not like, about you though. I know. So he's like, I got you the mini bag so it doesn't go to waste. And I was like, are you trying to tell me that the the big popcorn bags ever go to waste? Yeah. Like, bitch, now I'm going to need them. to make two bags. <laughs> yeah. Now I have to make two. Come on. What a waste of money. They cost, they're going to cost more. Buy the extra buttery, normal sized bags. My fiance makes popcorn like on the stove and it's <gasps> my the dad next does. level. It's so uh, good. Yeah. Every time I've tried though, it just turns to shit. I can't do it. I won't my even dad try. does. My dad does. <laughs> and every time I'm, I'm at my parents' house and go, here, dad, you want to make a bag of uh, the whole big old <laughs> bowl of popcorn? He makes the best popcorn and he puts so, it's so salty. Oh, yeah. Mm. And he drizzles mm. olive oil on it. He's so Italian. My dad is such mm. a fucking Italian guy. But it's so, so good. good. It's mind-blowing good. That literally mm. I'm I'm like inhaling. So that's the popcorn I was born and raised on. And this man bought me fucking no butter. Snack pop. Salt <laughs> mini bags. I was like, this is bullshit. No. <laughs> I will say this right. pop is really good. I actually really like skinny pop, like the pre-popped mm-hmm. bags. That's I don't really good. like it. It just tastes like air. I need more butter. You know what? It actually does kind of taste like air. I feel like it used <laughs> to be like a, a lot better. Bear. I think it used to be better too because I definitely remember yeah. trying a skinny pop at an airport once because gluten-free popcorn, usually yeah. a safe snack. <laughs> also, yeah. there's fiber in popcorn, so you should just eat the popcorn. Yeah. It helps you poop. Anything that yeah. helps you poop is good. And then it just tastes good. <laughs> um, so you know, I think we were recording an intro. Do we want to talk about who's on our episode today? Yeah, we actually have a guest today. Oh my god, we're yeah. so funny. Um, so we have a guest today, and her name is Renee Arnberg. I really hope I'm saying her last name correctly. I hope you are uh, too, but I'm not and- gonna help. No. <laughs> You're not the linguist of the group. Nah. <laughs> Um, she's better known as her social media handle, No Spoons Society, um, but she created her social media page after spending 20 years of feeling like, quote, heart, hot garbage, <laughs> hot garbage, hot garbage. I love saying hot garbage, too. Like, it's one of my favorite things thing to say. <laughs> so, yeah, she started uh, with wanting to like build a community kind of similar to us. She wanted to connect with other people who kind of understood what she was going through, navigating chronic illness, as well as a way to offer supports and resources to people who are in the same boat as her, 
whether they were like deep into their own, you know, Odyssey, Odyssey, call back to last episode yes, yes. of their diagnosis and their healing journey, <laughs> journey, LOL, I came back, or at <laughs> well, the very, very beginning. <laughs> yeah. So as she says, turning to such a community was her own saving grace and connection to so many people, including us. Yes. And so she made her own. Um, so at No Spoons Society, which will obviously link all of her socials in the notes. But yeah, we have Renee coming on to join us. And we're going to have a really great conversation about her own endometriosis, her diagnosis stories, um, as well as, you know, what navigating spoons? social media. What the fuck is a spoon? <laughs> yep. <laughs> which I had to Google. Same. I got to Google a lot of things, though. I do. I have to Google a lot of things, too. My... <laughs> My expertise are in very weird niche areas. <laughs> I have a degree in Google. <laughs> uh, talk, yeah, we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about navigating social media, what it's like as someone who's, you know, a consumer of social media with a chronic illness, as well as someone who's providing resources and a safe space. Um, and, you know, also, too, a little bit about how all of this social media aside or part of the equation can sometimes impact your mental health. Yes. Yeah. So that's our episode. So we should probably just get to it. <laughs> yeah. Enjoy. Yeah. Without further ado, here is our episode with Renee of No Spoon Society. Enjoy. <laughs> so today okay. we are joined by Renee Ehrenberg, who is the No Spoon Society on Instagram who has started an online community after feeling like shit for <laughs> nearly 20 years trying to, you know, manage and navigate chronic illness. So she created an online space for community and connecting to people like us. Yes. So we're very excited to have her on. So welcome to the PIP podcast, Renee. Hey. <laughs> Thank welcome. you so much for having me. Our pleasure. This is very exciting. I'm so We're really glad. excited to have you. <laughs> mm-hmm. So please, if you could introduce yourself a little bit better than I have for our listeners, tell them a little bit about yourself and, you know, why you created an online presence for chronic illness and, you know, all of that fun stuff. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Sure. So um, my name is Renee. I live in Rhode Island in the United States. Uh, I am 33 and I just got diagnosed with endometriosis this past January. Um, Yo, same. Are we the same? Are we endo sisters? Wait, like 2023. Yeah. Wait, that's when I, that's when I got diagnosed, right, Amanda? (laughs) Look at your bed like, what? (laughs) January 6th year. Oh, fuck. What was my exact date? Insurrection of my uterus. Yo, stop. <laughs> now I need to know if 2023. I'm... Okay, yeah. so while Veronica researches her diagnosis, <laughs> after you, you got your diagnosis like um almost a year ago, mm-hmm. what's it been like since then? Um, better in almost every way, I think. Um, I've heard a lot of stories about some things getting worse over time and endo growing back. So I'm like, I think I'm on high alert for that. Um, But overall, I'd say that 
my quality of life has improved quite a bit. Um, my pain isn't so bad. And I had been dealing with it for so long that sometimes now I think I get like phantom pains. Like it's weird. Not yo same. That's a real thing. That's a real thing. It is. So, um, I feel a lot better definitely after my excision surgery and just validated. Like it's not, you know, I'm not celebrating the fact that I have endometriosis, but it is nice to have confirmation and validation and be able to connect with other fine folks who have it. Yeah, that's really important. How many doctors, like out of interest, just because a lot of people that we have that come on hip, we like to ask, how many doctors did you see before getting your diagnosis of endometriosis? You know, I hear lots of horror stories about people going through numerous doctors and just being Mm -hmm. dismissed continually. I really only had two doctors throughout my whole trying to figure out what the hell was going wrong. And um, it was just my regular primary care doctor that um, I was talking to her about my symptoms one day, like last year. Mm -hmm. And she said, I think you have endometriosis because my daughter just got diagnosed with it. And Mm. all of this sounds exactly like what she's going through. So I'm going to connect you with the same specialist that she had. Oh, wow. As far as that part of my journey goes, it was pretty seamless for me, which I am, you know, Mm -hmm. so thankful for because the amount of horror stories I've heard, Mm -hmm. you know, so that's funny because Veronica <laughs> has like the same kind of story too. Like she was like similar. Yeah. Also, I lied. I was through that. Many- I was January 2022. I have a whole year on you. That's how out of tune with time <laughs> I am. But I was like January. I was January. Yeah, I was I was the January before. But yeah, so I like almost my family twins. doctor was. Yeah, we're almost twins. My my um. <laughs> My doctor was like that too, in a sense, but my diagnosis came from, from emergency room after four years of going to emergency rooms, (laughs) but it is fucking dying. Yeah. But as soon as, you know, it came from an MRI, he was like sending you to specialist right away. Mm -hmm. I've never had an MRI. I've had oh I meant an ultrasound holy I've had, shit wow okay. <laughs> I told you today the brain fog I have real. had several ultrasounds though I don't know why I was never set up to be screened by MRI but I've yeah because MRIs can pick them up I have had many MRIs before like very different things mm-hmm. <laughs> um but MRIs can pick it up it's interesting that they don't mm-hmm. utilize MRI in non-invasive expensive maybe that's why yeah yeah really expensive ultrasounds are a lot cheaper yeah my most recent ultrasound that I got which was right before my initial consultation with my specialist um the doctor had recommended maybe the next step was to get an MRI but um apparently my specialist didn't think that that was necessary Mm. um so I went in to see him a few weeks later after that ultrasound and just talked with him about the symptoms that I was experiencing. And he's like a freaking wizard. 
Like <laughs> he could tell just by the symptoms I was having, you know, my periods aren't that bad, but definitely I had been, I've been tracking my cycle a little bit. And like during ovulation, I'm dealing mm-hmm. with a lot of pain. The worst. Um, I'm having a lot of pain during intimacy. Mm-hmm. Um and just like overall fatigue and I have pain over here and pain over here. And he was pretty much able to just like pinpoint, I'm going to find it here and I'm going to find it here and I'm going to find it here. And he was right on the nose. Wow. So wow. I'm very lucky to have such a fantastic doctor. He is a goddamn uh-huh. wizard. <laughs> is he like a specialist in endometriosis? He is. Um, So he works out of Boston. Uh, I don't know whether or not I can say his name, but his name is Doc. Dr. Chatburn. Um, and he's an endometriosis specialist um, who is working out of like a women's center, but mm-hmm. they just recently opened up an endometriosis center and him and his team kind of run the whole show there. And it, that just opened up earlier, like shortly after my surgery, I think probably like April of this year. Oh, wow. wow. It's like brand spanking new. And I'm so glad that they have that now for people. Yeah, that's incredible. I, I've never yeah. even heard of an endometriosis center. But Me neither, but I want to go. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> Amanda, let's go on a road trip. Hey, I want to go to Salem. That's close to Boston. Let's go. go. I'd like to go to Boston. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Veronica uh, thinks she's a witch. So yeah. <laughs> she's been the same witch every year there's another witch in here my goodness <laughs> yeah. it's a coven at this point right yeah it is I uh my grandmother was an actual an actual witch like she did like black magic and stuff it's pretty cool very cool I have my tarot deck sitting right beside me because I was going through them today but I have like a fancy cover box for them <laughs> So show and tell. Ooh, pretty. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Amanda's like, uh-uh. <laughs> I have, every time I, I get a tarot reading, it. I overthink about things. And then I just like, I'm like, I can't handle this. This doesn't help me. I'm spinning. I get like yeah. hyper focused. Mm-hmm. And I yeah. once sit, sat in on my best friend's tarot reading. At, we went to like a psychic fair or whatever. And she sat down with this tarot card reader psychic whatever and just gave her all of the worst news like a person could have and I was like yeah I'm never doing that that no you have to go to the right kind of person you need to have like an intuitive reader who doesn't like they're not claiming to have psychic abilities or or anything like that like they're purely going off of what the cards symbolize Mm -hmm. and then leaving it to the individual to interpret how that applies to them yeah that makes and sense. i will interpret of- fear out of every situation <laughs> yeah, because most i excessively most worry and good. i have anxiety <laughs> most of the cards yeah. are good most of the cards are good Renee's and the same. my so favorite readings it. are when they don't ask me that they don't tell me out loud what their question is they mm-hmm. just keep it in their head mm-hmm. and then i just pull and I just I go. like that maybe a little bit more. But then I would like be like, well, what if I was thinking this question at the same time as that other question? And then, <laughs> oh, I don't know what could happen. Your brain so. works the same as mine. <laughs> yeah, it's like a hamster in like a maze of wheels. So anxious. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so very anxious. And I recently found out I have ADHD, so yeah. <laughs> that's also... I've been uh, suspicious of myself, so... 
<laughs> uh, well, uh, women in their 30s who often have been diagnosed with anxiety throughout their like adulthood teen years mm-hmm. um, can also sometimes have ADHD. There's yeah, because like it goes a really strong correlation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and then you notice more when you're like 30. Because <laughs> yeah. I don't know what, what that is, but our brain kind of changes. Yeah. And then mm-hmm. it becomes unbearable. Like the... Um, the, the what did you call it the museum of crafts or no <laughs> the craft graveyard My yeah graveyard. The craft graveyard craft graveyard ADHD <laughs> yeah yeah you were telling us about all the crafts that you like have come and gone and I'm just like that sounds like ADHD <laughs> Veronica you were probably me. on the nose I do the same thing but my hobby jumping lasts a little bit longer than three to six months it'll last a couple of years and then it well, dies must be nice yeah that to me is so impressive <laughs> I like to say I have the I have probably because I don't have a diagnosis my sister has severe ADHD and she's like you have so you're pretty bad um I like to think I had the same ADHD that Leonardo da Vinci had because they posthumously diagnosed him with ADHD because his hobby jumping was years he'd be working on a project or he'd be work or he'd be like in his art phase or his like construction phase or his engineering phase for like years. And then one day he'd just be like, Oh, it's not fucking hitting anymore. And he would just dip. And then he'd go <laughs> on to something completely different for like two to three years. And I like to think mm-hmm. I'm like him. You just got a little pro prolonged likeness. I mean, not the worst person to be, I guess. Who would be know. like worst thing. Italian genius. I'm like, maybe we're related. Just kidding. We're from different parts of the, of the He's country. my brother from another my mother. Brother. I know him. <laughs> I love <know> him. <laughs> But like, actually, though, the the anxiety point, like, let's maybe let's maybe dive into that, because how did you feel in any way, if at all, that maybe impacted how mm-hmm. you deal with your symptoms or dealt with your symptoms pre-excision? Because, you know, those are um, two really different things. Yeah, so I definitely have dealt with feeling anxious pretty much since forever. Um but I think that definitely kicked in with like puberty mm-hmm. and period and everything. Like I feel like it ramped up oh, yeah. a bit after that. And um, I don't know how that affected me as far as like any like physical symptoms, but definitely I- I've been the kind of person who um feels a lot of responsibility to maintain relationships in my life. Mm. and having a chronic illness makes that really difficult sometimes so yeah, you feel like, like the anxiety shit. side of it is like I'm not doing enough I'm never doing enough like I need to do better but I'm fucking exhausted so like you like gaslight yourself a lot yeah All and, and don't give yourself a break and like also just be like you're being so lazy right now you could do this yeah. this and, and this. it just makes you more exhausted yeah yeah it really does like burnout's a real thing and you don't learn it too and yeah i'm definitely the kind of person who tends to uh burn out often and easily at this point (laughs) do you just crash for like a day and nobody can talk to you 
Yeah, but I think I'm better at recognizing the signs like when I'm getting there. And I don't I think since COVID, I've surrounded myself with a lot less people. I think that yeah. what happened with life is like all the friendships that weren't strong enough just like kind of fell off. And it's, mm-hmm. But like with my family and my partner, like it's easier for me to know when those when that burnout is like starting to creep up on me and I'm better now I think at expressing what it is that I'm feeling and being able to explain what it is that I'm feeling and communicating like a million times better than I used to be able to I used to just be like everybody fuck off I'm done like and just kind of fall off the face of the planet for a little bit Mm -hmm. and now I think I'm much better at uh, communication if anything do you think that came because you had a diagnosis? I think it could definitely have played a part. Like um, it's almost like forcing yourself to like stop dismissing things. <laughs> yes. I, I feel the same way. Yeah. Mine so is the same. Yeah. Now, like I talk about getting this diagnosis and I'm like, it's a shitty diagnosis to get, but mm-hmm. having that validation and that like, you know, I, I knew something was wrong. Mm-hmm. makes me feel now, now that I have more understanding of myself and that I'm not crazy mm-hmm. and like everything a lot of what I'm feeling is coming just from like this physical this big physical thing that I've got going on I think that that um kind of makes it easier for me to take a good amount of the blame off of myself and just yeah. kind of say, anxiety well, is good for that to yeah, like I don't want fingers. it to be like a pity party but like if I'm like feeling off and I'm burnt out and I'm fucking tired and I'm just like not feeling it especially during like my ovulation time and everything yeah I feel it, it's less of like a, a pity party or just an automatic like fuck everybody it, mm-hmm. it's I have more understanding of myself and the ability to um not feel so guilty about it (laughs) yeah because it it stops being like oh she doesn't want to do it because she's just like annoying or like whatever literally but it's like she literally can't (laughs) and then you start to learn like you know what can happen to you and then Mm -hmm. you start to like realize all of the symptoms you've always had and how they're now connected like like you have like a light bulb moment and thing goes off and you're like oh my god that explains so much then you can start yeah. to also figure out what your triggers are and what the consequences are and then you're just setting boundaries for yourself because like honestly to the older I get I'm just like yeah if I'm not you don't into get that. it like if you don't get it like I don't yeah, see ya. like there's no point <laughs> Yeah, I think age definitely plays a part in that too I think like totally we're all getting to like age. Yeah, when you get into, like, I'm 33, so, like, once you get into your 30s, I feel like, maybe it's just me, but I feel a little bit more established than I was a few years ago. I feel oh, absolutely. more confident, and I'm not as, I don't take as many things personally, and I the things that I'm, like, not interested in, I'm less afraid to say that, okay, yeah. I'm just like, not interested in that. I don't have time for that. I don't have energy for that. I'm getting better at doing that <laughs> yeah you yeah, should realize like what makes help with that yeah and like what actually like makes you happy 
yeah. like as simple as that is like what actually like brings you joy and yeah. like what is worth not like anything is ever worth like suffering but what is worth that extra little bit of your time and your energy yeah yeah because you already have like it's it's pretty spent like jokes aside having a chronic illness even with like all the care in the world is still mm-hmm. something you live with every day and like the circumstances of it living with chronic illness especially with endometriosis like you're living with something that can impact your every day and does so yeah it's like you need people in your life that support you and you need to like feel understood and you need to be able to have like open lines of communication and yeah like you also need to like yeah respect yourself and try to manage your anxiety if you can like what ways do you manage your anxiety Renee uh, well I so shortly after I got my diagnosis in January of this year I started going to therapy just regular behavioral therapy that I had never done before I had been putting it off for years and years and years and I just decided this is going to be the year of Renee she's going to take <laughs> yes, care of some is. shit So I did the, (laughs) I did the surgery and now I'm active. I'm still, um, I'm still going to therapy and it's like a biweekly thing, but just having a place to go and just kind of unload. And like, Mm -hmm. she's very big on like helping me be better about setting boundaries. So I found that that helps me a lot and, um, helping me through all these feelings of guilt that I've had for so many years of like feeling like I'm not up to par because I'm, I've had to cancel plans with a million with friends a million times or Mm -hmm. relationships, the romantic relationships of mine that have failed for, you know, physical reasons or just like not being able to make it to family hall. Like all these things I've been carrying so much guilt for so many years yeah it's nice to be able to work through that with an unbiased person who's a professional (laughs) who's a professional yes (laughs) so I she went to school (laughs) yes many years of school yes Um, but it's definitely nice to be able to do that Uh, and um has helped me manage my anxiety I think a a great amount (laughs) Yeah, therapy and outside help was really important. And I also, yeah, I also think that just um, I've been doing a lot of just leaning into little joys this year, just like little things. Yeah. Um, just going for a walk or like getting myself a little treat or always the treats. The you can't leave the house without a treat. No, I love a treat. <laughs> Or just like taking a bubble bath when I want. Oh, to. I'm just like I'm a bath girly. I love baths. Yeah, light just a candle, read things. a book, have some bubbles. Hell yeah, make a tea, enjoy it. <laughs> Eat the a best cupcake. feeling. Eat a cupcake. Yeah, it was good things. Yeah, yeah. Life's so- short, man. Life is fucking short. Do whatever makes you feel good. It really is like the little things too, like. There are some things that I, I have like an adventurous spirit. I wish that I could do more like physical things, but I get so tired so fast. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like the little things like going for short walks and stuff that I said that like 
it, they really do make all the difference. They add up. <laughs> they do. I feel yeah. like I, I've been like that too lately. Like in the last little while, it's just like, you know what? Why waste my energy? Mm-hmm. If I'm just gonna be pissed off afterwards. <laughs> like, I don't what's the point? Do something that makes me feel good. Like even like physical things, like why would I be doing a workout that I fucking feel like shit during mm-hmm. and after? Yeah. For what? If yeah, I feel like why shit, am I doing what's that? the point? Like find what you love and do what you love. And like Amanda and I have talked about this so many times in past episodes, but like don't feel guilty if you're too tired or you feel exhausted or you're burnt out and you don't you don't want to go to that class. You don't mm-hmm. want to go for that walk. Even though I know if I go to my yoga class, I'm going to f- I'll feel good afterwards because I always feel good, but like I just I can't. Sometimes you, you don't, don't. want to be if in a, it's hot, like a room. hot yoga class yeah, exactly. and you're having a flare. There's you're been not a few times good. where it's like <laughs> the last thing I want to do right now is be in a room that's 102 degrees. I don't care how much I yep. love the class, how much I love the instructor, how good yoga makes me feel. In this moment, I feel like I shit going mm-hmm. in a hot room. Absolutely fucking not. And I just won't go. And I shouldn't feel guilty that, about that because I know at the end of the day, if I did go, I'd probably feel like more shit. Yeah, exactly. I tried being like a gym girly for a little while, but like Ooh, I should have known myself better. It's like I'm too tired. Like I did feel great sometimes but mm-hmm. mostly it just made me so exhausted that I'm like I can't this is not me why am I trying to push myself to yeah. like do this you need thing to that incorporate people... movement in a way that fits your life yeah and I'm, like I said I like to go on like little walks or whatever I enjoy hiking I do that a couple times a year and mm-hmm. just just being up on my feet in any way shape or form is like good enough for me literally to be like busting my ass at the gym this is not who I am no I'm the (laughs) same it's not your vibe it's Amanda's vibe but Amanda's vibe but also too like but (laughs) I've been taking it easy more now and yes I've been noticing way more like yeah workout results and stuff like that because I haven't been overextending myself when I'm a period like making myself want to throw up because I'm lifting too much and then my period has been so much better too and just like my overall stomach minus today because we were talking about we had just like not a great day us we just had poops today but that's (laughs) what can you do and then I drink coffee which really helps the situation (laughs) I know I was like I'm just gonna pee and then we're gonna come on just like I need to make another coffee I was like Okay, you do you, girl, but it's like 6.30. Like, I know you're going to regret that coffee, but I ain't going to say shit. I'm not the one who's going to tell you not to have the coffee because someone told nope. me not to have the coffee, I'd be like, mm, pardon? Yeah. Like, no say. You don't tell me what to do. This is my no. life. So, Renee, your Instagram is yes. no po- no no poons. <laughs> <laughs> no spoon society. Yes. Yeah, and you refer to your community as spoonies. Please, yeah. you tell Please us. define. Yeah, what's define a spoon? a spoon? What the fuck's a spoon? Okay, <laughs> we so, don't understand it. Um, so a no spoons really was used. Um, I always forget this woman's name, so let me look at my notes for a second. This woman named Christine Miserando. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that correctly, but um, in 2003. Um, she kind of coined the phrase when she was out at a diner with a friend of hers, when she was trying to 
um, explain to her friend what it was like to live with a chronic illness. In her case, she had lupus. Um, so sitting at a diner, it's easy to just pull out the spoons that you have. And she told her friend, tell me the things that you do throughout a day. What are your, what's your normal day-to-day -day routine? And so she laid out a set amount of spoons. And if her friend said, well, I wake up and take shower and uh, make breakfast. And she says, okay, I'm going to take one spoon away for that. And okay, I'm going to drive my car to work. I'm at work for eight hours a day. Okay, we're going to take like four spoons away for that. And it's just a measurement of like how quickly our energy runs out. And when you get to that last spoon, it's like the end of the night. It's like, do I take a shower? Do I have the energy to cook myself dinner tonight? Do, do I... You know, it's figuring out what you're going to do with those last couple of spoons and just feeling so exhausted and unsure of how it's going to affect you in the coming days. So um, people with chronic illness, because of that, just use the name Spoonie to describe themselves, <laughs> which I just think is cute. Mm -hmm. It is really cute. I love it. I loved your Instagram handle. Thank no you. Society. I like that. I don't know what it, it means. Sounds, cool. It sounds like it was a book written in like the 40s and it's about like a society that like meets on a small island and like reads certain books. Like and Dead Poets like, Society, but like literally people. Yeah. I'm like... <laughs> who's giving are the antique spoons are they fun spoons like beading spoons like, you're every spoon i suppose you they could be, be whatever you want yeah <laughs> it can be any spoon we're all just spoonies because yeah. we're sick and we don't have many spoons to give so tired yeah so tired <laughs> so, tired. <laughs> so tired is right <laughs> yeah. every day is getting up and out of bed and all those things. <laughs> yes. So I thought it was just an appropriate name for the page that I started kind of with the intention to connect with other people who go through the same stuff. Um, when I got my diagnosis, I didn't really know anybody else who had it. Yeah. And um, I really wanted to find some type of community to lean on. For myself and I also wanted to kind of make a, a a space that was that gave out digestible information for people mm -hmm. who are not like a peer-reviewed journal article <laughs> yeah <laughs> so it's um the whole intention was to kind of be able to connect with other people who go through the same things and be to be able to share our stories with each other and share, you know, tips and tricks and that kind. It's more of like a lifestyle community type of page, but it's mm -hmm. a good spot for, you know, I've met so many people through it when I felt so alone before. And now it's like I've made all these friendships through this social media page and they're all over the world too. We've got mm -hmm. people in Australia, we've got people in the UK people on the other side of the u.s canada yeah so it's a it's been a really fun 
time, I think, to be able to connect with other people. Have you, did you, so we talked about mental health and anxiety, but um, like depression and things like that, like it comes along with a chronic illness mm-hmm. or being diagnosed with a chronic illness. Are any tips and tricks to deal with any depression symptoms that have worked for you if you've had any? I mean, to, for myself, I think that I was just hardwired through genetics to have mm. depression, honestly, but <laughs> um, having to deal with all of these symptoms and all the, the, the ripple effect that they have on my life, it, it definitely hasn't helped the matter. Mm -hmm. Um, like I said, I've been going to therapy, but that depression can be caused for other people. It can be caused by so many different things. I mean, it could be a hormone imbalance. It could be, Mm -hmm. you know, a lot of different factors, Uh, but for myself, like I said, just really pushing to pushing myself to lean into little joys and, um, kind of keep my mind busy. I think that's why I, turn to crafts a lot of the time. I like to keep my hands busy, um, my brain busy. Yeah. It kind of keeps me from slipping into that, you know, dark state of mind. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah. I, I don't do the crafts, but I'll like try to, I'll just like excessively move until I'm so physically exhausted that my brain doesn't work. <laughs> yeah. That happens sometimes. I get Not it. Not a good coping strategy. <laughs> no. Thank goodness for therapy and uh, counseling workbooks and um, meditation and yoga. Yeah, <laughs> I think that definitely like I found for myself in terms of um, feeling depression, I think a lot of it um, probably came from feeling very alone and having to deal with endo and all mm-hmm. these things I was having. And it is a very lonely disease because other people can't see it. So to them, it's like not real. It's not talked about a lot. Like yeah. It's just not a very like, I don't want to use the word mainstream, but it's not like a mainstream yeah. illness. A lot of people don't have any idea what it is. And if they think they know what it is they've got like the whole wrong idea yeah Mm -hmm. they typically think it's like a period problem (laughs) yeah so just you get the major feeling of being misunderstood and um I I think that a, a lot of the depression feelings came from that and I think a lot of that lifted a little bit when I started educating myself more about what was going on and um, social media, honestly, I was educating myself and connecting with other people at the same time. And I think that that helped a lot to get through, yeah. especially those first couple months of getting a diagnosis. Yeah, you have a lot of resources on your social media page, like your Instagram page. Yeah. Um, can you speak to some of them? Some sure. Of um, yeah. So in our um, Instagram page bio section. Um, I have a link tree 
which has a bunch of different links to different resources. Some of them are medical, but mostly um, just support groups. Um, so I, when I thought that I might have endometriosis, I hopped on to Reddit. I'm a big Reddit user. Mm. Um, and I found an endo community there and it helped me learn a lot about what I was going through and hear stories from other people and it helped me a lot. So I have that as a link, um, as a resource. Um, I also have different Facebook groups. I think that just these support groups are very helpful in learning about the disease because there's so much misinformation and disinformation flying around the internet. I think the best way to learn about it is hearing about other people's experiences. Um, so so different too, but the same at the same time. Right. Um, because it could, I mean, it, there are a lot of people on the internet who are like, you could name off symptom, not have a diagnosis yet, just ramble off symptoms. And there's always going to be someone who's like, you definitely have endometriosis. It's like, well, you mm-hmm. can't really say that. But you, if mm-hmm. you think that that might be a thing, maybe steer them in the right direction, which is what I try to do. Yeah. Um, so within that list, other than the support groups, I also have... Um, a couple of websites that um, can direct people to um, specialists in their area. It is more difficult for people who live in rural areas. And I, I understand that specialists are not accessible for everybody. They're just not and mm-hmm. fortunate, but um, you can find a couple of resources there that might lead you in the right direction to be able to find someone who specializes in the field. Something that I wish I had, but I I was lucky enough to have a doctor who gave me the hookup. So (laughs) (laughs) I'm lucky in that respect. Good hookup. (laughs) We do appreciate you creating this page because it's definitely needed. Mm -hmm. There isn't a lot of like, just like one resource hits all. And then Mm -hmm. there's a lot of shame that goes around that on the internet as well yeah definitely it's I I've as much as I love being part of this endo community that's online it can be also a very unforgiving place and unwelcoming place um there are a lot of people jumping down each other's throats about you know, giving misinformation and what I, as much as I can understand that it's just not the way to go about it. People are very aggressive. And I am sometimes I'm like, what? Like, relax. Mm -hmm. Like, we're all just learning here. I mean, even the best doctors sometimes don't know, like, how are you going to jump down this like 16 year old girl's throat for like trying to get the message out? Calm down. (laughs) (laughs) Literally (laughs) relax. (laughs) Chill. It's almost I, like this, like, savior complex, I find. Yeah. Like, you're not the be-all, end-all. Chill. Yes, exactly. And, like, I'm coming from a place with my page where, like, I'm never going to say, like, what I'm saying is, like, cut and dry. Like, I'm open to listening to what other people have to say. That's kind of the whole point of it. Yeah. And if I post something that 
may, if I was misinformed about something and someone does want to correct me, I'm totally open to that. Let's talk about it. Jump in my DMs. We'll have a conversation. I'll fix the problem. Mm-hmm. But some people just get put on fucking blast. And it it makes people not want to be a part of the wow. community. And it's I, I try to keep my space like chill because that's how yes. I am there yeah. you can advocate and not be an asshole <laughs> yeah, yeah. there is a possibility there we don't have to yeah. like yeah shame everybody because they don't think the same way that we do and that's no. totally okay and also on the internet yeah like the public shaming like when people like will like screenshot or comment and then like, <sighs> comment all caps like chill out I understand if it's coming from a page, um, you know, if someone's reposting a story or something that from a page that's meant to be educational or Mm -hmm. something like that, where it's those pages should be putting out factual information. They should absolutely be doing all the work to make sure what they're putting out there is factual and holds weight yeah Um, so it's one thing when someone like endometriosis foundation of america is not the greatest foundation (laughs) they have a lot of issues and i think it's fine if they post something that's incorrect to screenshot that and be like do better yeah when you're like putting yourself as like a foundation for the united states then you should probably like fact check and peer review your right. shit <laughs> but let's not bully like a 16 year old who's just like trying to figure out their shit yeah like, yeah they're like i'm pretty sure <laughs> i have a shame of this and they're like no you don't you have no idea <laughs> i i definitely yeah there's there's a, a a dark piece to the puzzle in in the uh endometriosis community online definitely mm-hmm. um uh. But I, I just I, I don't think it's appropriate to act like that. I think we're all learning, even <laughs> in having a diagnosis. Like, I can't say like, oh, I know everything about it. Yeah. I don't like I'm still trying to figure this shit out. And it's a lot. It's a lot to figure out. And that's why I turn to community, because I want to hear your story. I want to hear enough, like I want to hear yeah. people's stories. And not I find it's like. Thing. I find it's like no. if your story is different than someone else's, they're like, no, there's no way. It's like, yeah, what the fuck? yeah even just, though that's like 100% the way. <laughs> that's literally the way. That's literally the way is that no one's is going to be the same. And A no one's people... diagnosis is going to be the same. And no one's treatment options are going to be the same. Like right. what works for me that will not work for you. And that is because we are two different people. Like it should not be the same. Exactly. And I see uh, what I see a lot of, which just makes my skin crawl, is so there's the different stages of endometriosis. Mm -hmm. I don't know enough about those stages scientifically to speak on them. I'll say that right now. But I do know that having like a stage four doesn't necessarily mean that they're in more pain than someone who's in a stage two the stages have no correlation to pain there's no correlation to pain the stages purely have to do with how much of your body is impacted and the degree of its impact and you can have stage one and have worse pain than someone with stage four 
It, right. That's just, and I don't it also get why that's so hard for people to get though, because like, like it's the same thing with all stages of illnesses. It just means like the more space it, it occupies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it also can mean like how large it is in like the, yeah. the, the place, right? So you could have stage four on your bladder because it's just so amassed it's on huge. your bladder. Like it's a yeah. huge to your uterus, but it could be nowhere else in your entire body. But you could still have stage four mm-hmm. where someone can have, you know, small, tiny, little baby lesions littered on every single organ but because of the the amount that is in their body they could consider that maybe stage three the mm-hmm. only real thing that's like definitive of the stages is endometriomas so the cysts on your ovaries that are blood-filled sacs are only indicative of stage three and four they do not exist in stage one or stage two that is like literally the only actual like quote-unquote textbook definition as it currently stands in the definition that has to do with the stages everything else is depends on how it looks in your individual body if you fit into whatever thing but even then a lot of people like a lot of like i'm stage three slash four they're like you're just somewhere in the middle <laughs> mm-hmm. you're you you know your your cysts are indicative of stage four but your other stuff is indicative well of they stage also three. can't like, see everything like yeah, there's no there. definitive way of knowing unless they like cut you completely open and like performed yeah. an autopsy like that's the only <laughs> literally <way>. kill me <laughs> and open me up head to toe and then tell me afterwards like yeah so speaking of like that on like moving from like the shame part what about toxic positivity <laughs> yeah Ugh. that to me I can't fucking stand that shit. Everything like, I would rather be on the dark side of the internet <laughs> yeah. than the toxic positivity bullshit. Like I'm too cynical of a person to like so get love, behind love. that. I'm the same way. <laughs> no. no, I am like a soulless black mass and I'm like absolutely fucking not. I love that for you. <laughs> yeah, so um, yeah, on the whole other end of the spectrum are people who are trying to just shove positivity down other people's throats which is like so highly unrealistic and annoying another thing that like is dead ass just so annoying like grow up yes (laughs) it is dead ass so annoying (laughs) um but yeah people who are I, i i think they're the toxic positivity just like discredits like all the bullshit we have to deal with it's easy to say like just stay positive things will get better like yeah yeah except they, they don't they might not. Have this like, shit my whole they, life <laughs> like especially with endometriosis and they're like not being cured for it it's like how are you gonna sit there and tell me like yeah it's fine it'll get better <laughs> It's, it's like I wrong. I don't want to be like lo- like self loathing, hundred percent of the time. But like, let me self loathe. Like, it's yeah. not a good diagnosis. It is uncurable. It does not have enough research or science. They don't know what the fuck causes it outside of genetics. Mm-hmm. The only way to remove is by a very invasive surgery that is not always accessible depending on your country and your stage and like your financial means mm-hmm. and like how what health system you're in. And also you're at a higher risk for so many other things, including cancer. So like, shut the fuck up. 
Thank and you. let me be pissed off. Thank Please. you. Let me be mad. Let me be mad. I don't need to be mad all the time. I, I can still see sil- silver linings. The I sun will come out tomorrow. The sun will come out. But you know what? Clouds are fucking fine. And so is yeah. rain. So piss right off. <laughs> if you want to be having roses out your asshole, do it over there. I don't want anything to yeah, do with Yeah, blow those it. asshole roses somewhere else. I don't want nothing. them. I don't fucking nothing. want them. I love this. I want nothing to fucking do with it. Like, honestly... It's so obnoxious. Or it's like people are like, well, it could always be worse. I was just going to say that. That's the worst one. That is the worst one. It's like, could it be worse? Could it be worse for me? I think this is the fucking worst. I'm I'm going to make it worse for you. Like literally. (laughs) And like even too, like when we're, when like yourself and some of our other guests are sharing like how they've been diagnosed, like, oh, you know what? It's always could be a lot worse. I'm so lucky. I had a doctor like, yeah, but at the same time, every fucking doctor should be like that. So like, you're not necessarily lucky in a sense. Because yeah. because someone took someone else ten years to to get diagnosed does not just diminish your own diagnosis, even if it was you know one doctor right away. Like it's still fucking shit. They're yeah. just different piles of shit. Talk- Why do we positivity have to, like, leads room? For Why do that? we have to compare? Are our- they both smell? Like they're both yeah, stinky. They're both no one wants them. <laughs> they're oh. not good. Neither one's good. Neither one's bad. Like they're like no it's one's trash. better than the other. Like, that is honestly, like, one of the worst. It could always be worse. Well, I don't fucking want it to be worse. Like, just because someone else has something going on with their health does not mean I cannot feel how I feel about my own health. And I've had to have this conversation with my husband because he has a sister who is severely disabled. She is wheelchair-bound, nonverbal. And for him, it's very hard to get out of that because, you know, you going your entire life, like being a sibling of, of like sibling. for him, that's like yes. the worst you can be. For him, that's the fucking worst and mm-hmm. nothing will ever come to that. And, and that's okay to a certain degree, but even I've had, cause he'll always be like, well, you know, like blah, 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 blah. And I, I've actually actually had to like sit him down and be like, I understand you have a different view on healthy bodies. Like, yes, I can walk and talk and I can scratch my itch and your sister can't do that. And it's not to take away from that, but these are also two very different things. Yes. And I'm allowed to feel certain ways about my own health, but I can still hold space recognizing that I have privileges that your sister does not have, but we don't need to compare them because they're not, no, they're not, they're not comparable. the same at There's all. There's <laughs> not a single piece of them that's comparable. And even if we both had endometriosis, it's still not fucking comparable because we no, are different still wouldn't people. Be the same. No, mm-hmm. we're different people. And we also, and I think internalize and, experience our pain and our symptoms very differently and like some symptoms depending on like upbringing depending on other like comorbid chronic illnesses I'm like we can both have so many things there are so many things and we can both have pain with ovulation and maybe for one of us it's not the worst part of it but for the other it is but that doesn't fucking Mm -hmm. mean anything like it just means how we're living in our body and experiencing it it doesn't mean that you're experiencing less pain or she's experiencing more pain we have different like neuro pathways because we're fucking different human beings like that's just Mm -hmm. it's just fact we're different Mm -hmm. amen yeah thank you for coming to my ted talk (laughs) toxic positivity can kiss my ass Renee, is there anything that you like would like to touch on for the last bits of our episode with you today? Like before we play a game, things like do you need a TED talk? Because the floor is open. Yeah, the floor is yours. (laughs) 
please i stole your if i stole your ted talk please steal it back (laughs) i don't know that if i have anything like specifically i want to talk about um i mean it always for me the mental health thing always plays a big part in this quote-unquote journey and i think odyssey. that we, we reclaimed it to odyssey <laughs> yeah yes odyssey i did hear that in the last episode <laughs> i like that so much yeah renee I, listens yeah. to our episode yeah she's an it's avid really listener cool <laughs> i have behind me two uh the the second one of the just the two photos there mm-hmm. is um an original greek of the very first page of homer's the odyssey and the one above oh, is original yes. Greek of the first page of the Iliad, which came first. And so I I wasn't thinking about that when I was like, let's call it an Odyssey instead. But the reason I like it better than Journey, because like even on the toxic positivity side, like don't call me a fucking warrior. I'm not a warrior. I hate, I'm just a fucking I'm, girl. I understand it. And I don't want to take away from that. I understand. Yeah, like if it helps you feel strength. It, yeah yeah but not makes, for me <laughs> it's not for me no. i'm and it gets to the i'm not positivity for me for mm-hmm. me it touches on the same kind of thing it's like i don't want a girl boss like no. the illness i want to lay down <laughs> <laughs> yeah. i don't want a girl boss i want to lay down like let me lay in bed with a bag of chips like i am not yeah. a warrior I, I'm not fucking, I, I'm not, I'm not a warrior. I'm not Ajax, the fucking giant who went around slaughtering people on the field in the Trojan War. Like, I'm not. No. I'm a girl who can't wear underwear four days a month because her period hurts her asshole. Like, that's not a warrior. I'm just a girl yeah. with shitty periods and shitty ovulation and my GI tract is awful. Like, I don't want to be called something that has to have a connotation around it. Yeah. That makes it seem like I'm just fighting my way the best I can every single day. And it's like fucking sunshines and roses. Got it's not. It sucks. To me, it, it feels like it comes with a responsibility too of like. Yeah. Yeah. You always have to be like strong the toxic positivity and fight thing. Your way like I, it. Yeah. I just always have to be like positive vibes. And it's like, yeah. that's not. No. I'm cranky yeah. and I'm tired and I don't feel good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm just me and that's cool. But like if no, warrior's but, yeah. a term that fits for you, that's cool. Like we're not yeah. Knock yourself out. But like I think that's a really good point, actually. And I feel like what you just said really actually encompasses the reason I it fucking pisses me off so much. But I've never been able to articulate it is this like it has an expectation. Yeah, mm-hmm. it does. There's and an it expectation gets to what, attached. It gets exactly to what you said at the very, very beginning, where you're like I was like essentially gaslighting myself into mm-hmm. having to be a fucking warrior all the time, even though I was in pain, even though I didn't feel good, even though I was so tired and all Can't these say other no things. to people, gotta do this, gotta keep up with my task list. Like like literally, if you did killing maybe, yourself to be a warrior in your journey. Literally, <laughs> literally killing yourself. Like, no. Maybe it comes back to that thing where I'm like, okay, I'm in my 30s now. Like I'm done being a warrior. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. yeah. This warrior's retired. I was a short term (laughs) warrior, and now I am gonna lay down and take a nap. I want to be the bench warmer. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like I, I don't want to be put in. Don't put me in, coach. Like I'm the kit manager. I'm the kit manager. (laughs) I'm the water boy. (laughs) That's what I want to do. Just a back behind the scenes. Not too much work. Nobody expects a lot. 
No, I don't, I don't want to be the fighter. <laughs> she's, she's not it. Yeah. Like, it's not for me. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> oh, man. That's why I think, though, like, if I'm going to, if you're going to call me anything, I think spoon's better because it's like, yeah, spoon. Yeah, bitch, nothing's for you. It's for me. Like, let me be selfish. <laughs> yeah. We're a warrior is like the opposite. Like you're fighting, you're not fighting for yourself. You're fighting for something else. Yes. Yeah. I and mean, I just, I, I am of the opinion, like as like a linguist, like language really matters. And I know like on the podcast, I'm like silly goofy and I swear a lot, but like even in my profession as a lawyer, like the words you choose are so incredibly important and they have definitions and connotations and meaning behind it. And mm-hmm. like a warrior does not, you don't, you do not choose to be a warrior if you're actually looking historically. Yeah, you're like appointed you to it. Ooh. You're conscripted. You're forced as a slave. You're whatever, whatever it is, but t- depending on your historical context and your time and place. Like, obviously you don't choose to have a chronic illness, but I also think you can choose how to deal with it and live with it and I don't want to live in fight or flight and that is what a warrior does yes right fight or flight yep on the nose girl yeah like I'm too old for that I did that in my early 20s and my teens and like look it didn't fucking help (laughs) look how I turned out fuck it yeah (laughs) everybody be well of a person yeah just a shell (laughs) of a person now (laughs) Oh, so will you plug yourself just one more time, like your social media and everything? And then we're going to play a game. And then we're gonna yeah, and then we're going to play a game. Yeah, and then I'm going to go to the bathroom because I have to pee. Okay, so I'm only <laughs> on Instagram. I don't have social socials on anything else, really. But um, my page is at no period spoons period society. So at uh, no we also have society. periods in our name and I am a fan. Yay! I like the dots. It breaks it up visually. Sometimes I actually never don't even have put it. Two and two together. I never we do. We both have two periods because <laughs> we're both pain. Periods the dot in dot podcast. pain. Yeah. Same with the dot pip dot podcast because no purely, society. I mean, the periods are also like a play on words in a sense because we're talking about periods. However, visually, if I look at someone's handle and they don't have like spaces, I'm like, what is it trying to say? <laughs> You know how many times I read handles incorrectly? I think there is is this page, just quick and completely unrelated. Um, There is this Instagram page called We Write Dogs. And I always read it as we eat dogs. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, because you can't see that R. And yeah, so I kind of agree that you need some type of punctuation something some kind of an underscore even something yeah break up a little bit right somebody's gonna be like what's going on here start reporting your page (laughs) a man is personal a man is personal i'm like what is he trying to say oh yeah (laughs) that's because i don't want anybody following me yeah yeah good thinking so funny i heard it so funny but i love that okay i cut you off i cut you off start over start over plug yourself i got excited because i also just realized we both have the same periods in ours (laughs) yeah so uh, it is at no period spoons period society and um you can just follow us on instagram we don't have a facebook page or anything like that it's just and i say we it's just me. Yeah, it's just you. I it's just like, me running me. it. I have this habit of saying we for some reason, um, but it's just me running it. And then I, I'm just trying to create a little bit of a sense of a community there. I think that's why I keep saying we. But. That's nice. 
it's just me. It's, it's really great. Like you have a lot of <laughs> yeah. great resources and, and you can tell you're very artistic because of your art, art, Thank visual. You. It's yeah. very visual. It's Thank very you. visually appealing. I like your yeah. stuff. The whole point is like, I'm trying to make it all the information and yeah. And like bites sort of, of information. Like, yeah. Just, I just want it to be digestible for people who are mm. like, it's not fun to sit down and read an essay about sad shit. So let's no, make literally. it cute and straight to the point. <laughs> Love it. Exactly. <laughs> okay. Ready to play a game? Yeah. Yes, I am so ready. Okay. So we're going to play a classic. Would you rather? Okay. So we're going to play a chronic illness. Would you rather social media edition? <laughs> okay. So we've got three rounds, three rounds. And, you know, none of them are good. There's, there's no, there's no good <laughs> choice, but okay. you have to choose which you would rather have for the rest of your life. Okay. Oh Yep. Are you ready? I am. Okay, round one. Renee, would you rather only be able to see misinformation? So let's say regarding endometriosis, because like misinformation can be a lot of things. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's a lot you... of that shit on the yeah. internet. <laughs> you live in the states. We don't need to. We don't need to <laughs> go there. Uh, U.S. politics scares me. It's uh, embarrassing. Okay. <laughs> would you <laughs> rather? We love you. It's cool. <laughs> we're not. We're really not that much better in Canada. Really, honestly, the this is a fucking joke. So, guys, I have a fun fact. Okay. Fun my fact. first ever period. Was in Canada. Holy shit. No way. Where? Montreal. Oh, um, Montreal. We were on a road trip to see the band Rush, and I was with my Oh, my God. My a Canadian fucking classic. A gem Rush. of a band. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> nice. Got my period at Rush. That's yeah. pretty fucking cool. I well, actually I got it at a rest stop, but. <laughs> on your way to see Rush. You got it That's at Rush. Cool. You got it That's Rush. pretty cool. <laughs> my Montreal's a nice place. <laughs> I love um, Montreal. Love that for you. Yeah. <laughs> Different province, though. That's Quebec. They speak French there. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. Let's be serious. Game, game, game. <laughs> Round one. Chronic. In, so let's say endometriosis. Would you rather? Social media edition. Round one. Renee. Would you rather only be able to see endometriosis misinformation every day in the form of harmless memes or have the same account that you can't stand just because they're annoying comment and like every single one of your posts. Oh, uh, that's a tough one. That's a tough one. Um, I think that I would rather deal with the account that I hate just relentlessly than the misinformation being relentless (laughs) (laughs) at least you can ignore it right exact just block them yeah block Block and report is that that allowed it's totally allowed in this scenario we'll allow we're not strict with our uh (laughs) (laughs) i would probably agree with you although memes are funny i i think i'd rather just ignore like oh fuck janet commented again just ignore it (laughs) yeah yes yeah just block them (laughs) All right, round two. Would you rather have to only see rainbows and sunshine on social media, so like toxic positivity, or only cancel cl- culture, the dark side? Uh, you know, <laughs> I, that one. I don't even know the answer. I, 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 yeah, that one's a tough one. Can I just As run much away? As I hate toxic positivity. <laughs> 
I think I might have to go with that one just for the mental health. I feel like yeah. it, as much as it is fucking it's annoying, for the health. it's like not a, mm-hmm. a constant barrage of like bad news and bad things. <laughs> and just like distasteful. A lot yeah, of people hurting your feelings. Yeah, I'm all set with that. I can deal with someone being like, it could be worse because I've been hearing <laughs> that all my life. So that's fine. <laughs> well trained. Well trained. Yeah. Okay. <sighs> round three, final round. Okay. Renee. <laughs> this one's so funny. <laughs> I think this is funny. Right. You might not think that you might be like, that's fucking disgusting. Why'd you write that? Okay, round three. Would you rather only be able to post about your bowel movements or only be able to post about the like grid, like graphic details of your period flow? But what about graphic details of your bum and your poo? Um, Yeah, graphic on both senses. Like you can't just be like heavy today. You got to be like eight ounces, cloth the size of a toonie, like blah, blah, blah. You don't know what a toonie is. I don't don't think that I, you know, I'm, I'm, fairly open about everything not necessarily on my page but just like in general like my poor partner has to hear me every time I come out of the bathroom telling oh, him what my, what my shits are like so I, gotta get, I get graphic detail all the time <laughs> I don't know if one is better or worse than the other but I'd probably just go with shits maybe because my periods okay. are interesting Okay, well, we really appreciate you coming on our show, well, our podcast, because it's been, yeah, it's been really nice. And again, my face is hurting. I love having people on our episodes because they always make me laugh. Yeah, a little face workout. It's so fun to be here. (laughs) It's good. You you had a good time. We had a good time. This is the most (laughs) I've laughed in probably like a week. So that's good. So glad to do this for you. (laughs) Your face hurts too. Yeah, a little bit. That's good. (laughs) TMJ like us. We're just making everyone suffer from our TMJ. We're like everyone needs to be in the same boat as us. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you make everyone feel our pain um yeah so i think that's that's it we can yeah. close off the episode and so thank you so much for coming yeah. on thank you. thank you everyone knows where to find you but we'll also put your handle in our um show notes and mm-hmm. you're doing a blog post so people if you listen to this you can head to our website as well to see renee's blog post for more information yeah thank, thank you for you doing guys. that yeah thanks, thanks so much thank That's a wrap from us at PIP. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to like, comment, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Follow us on all the socials at the PIP Podcast at Periods and Pain. Also, don't forget to check out our weekly blog posts every Sunday at periodsandpain.ca. Until next time. Keep pipping. The PIP Podcast is a division of Periods and Pain. The PIP podcast is produced and edited by Veronica Guido and Amanda Thompson. Social media by Veronica Guido and Amanda Thompson.